والأبصار إنا أخلصناهم بخالصة ذكر الدار وإنهم عندنا لمن المصطفين الأخيار This is a reference now to three other prophets. Surah Asad is about remembrance and the Quran being one of remembrance. So here Allah reminds people about uh, Ibrahim, Ishaq, and Yaqub. Three prophets, alayhim salatu salam, one is the father, the other is the son, and the third is the grandson. They are mentioned in line here that they are people of Ulil Aidi. People who have tremendous power, resolve, etc. Walabsar also tremendous insight and foresight. People of knowledge and intelligence and all of that. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defines the lineage of Ibrahim. One lineage goes through Ishaq and then Yaqub. Yaqub being the father of Yusuf and uh, they became the Banu Israel. Yaqub is an alias, or Israel is an alias for Yaqub. So this is the line of Ibrahim salam. That from this line and in this genealogy, all prophets came, and they were people who had tremendous knowledge and abilities. The word ulil aidi refers to physical abilities abilities of how to run and uh, organize life. Absara, the intellectual abilities of insight and foresight and so on. So these are servants of Allah. Ibadana, these are our servants. So when you want to define a servant of Allah who are prophets, then prophets are given physical abilities and metaphysical abilities, non-physical abilities. Okay, so ulil aidi refers to the physical abilities, uh, as you saw with Dawood salam. Although Dawood came after Ibrahim and Ishaq and Yaqub, but he was a man of physical abilities like Suleiman. Yeah, so these are people who are endowed. Uh, with certain skill sets and certain abilities and so on. Absar refers to the ability of the intellect to be pure and uh, the ability of the intellect to see what is outer and what is inner, which is mentioned in the next ayah. The next ayah talks about Allah's purifying them. Inna akhlasnahum. Indeed, we have purified them with a purity, with a sincerity, okay, through dhikr, 
and dua and ibadah and focusing on Allah as we saw with the other prophets that they were awwab that Dawood and Suleiman and uh, Ayyub salam that they constantly turned to Allah for their uh, duas and petitions and solicitation these were people whom Allah blessed and they were purified by Allah from the very beginning and the reason for this purification has very little to do with this world it had to do through the it was through the process of dhikr dar remembrance of the other world dar here means dar al akhirah the other world meaning their purification was built upon the foundation that life in the other world is much better than life in this world and that's how they saw this world you understand meaning that if you're going to be purified then you must be purified in such a way that you are eligible to live in jannah you cannot live in jannah with filth you have to be sterilized and purified to live in jannah jannah is a place of salam darus salam and in salam there is no impurity therefore in jannah there will be no impurities there will be no need to urinate or use the washroom there will be no blood and there will be nothing of mucus and phlegm etc in jannah jannah is a place of physical purity so in order to qualify to be a person of jannah you have to be physically Uh, intellectually spiritually clean so Allah subhanahu says that we prepared these people to be pure and eligible for jannah in this world before they died before they went to the other world so this is a great honor Allah subhanahu has bestowed upon Ibrahim Ishaq and Yaqub There's a lot of discussion about Ibrahim in the Quran and there's discussion about Yaqub in Surah Yusuf but there's very little discussion about Ishaq his name was mentioned in the previous uh, surah surah Safat uh, as we know but uh, this mention would be enough that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose these three prophets and purified them in such a way that he made them eligible to live in jannah in this world in this world dhikr that's what dhikr means remembrance of the other world how does one become purified or what happens when one becomes eligible to live in jannah in this world so you have supreme intellectual abilities and you have uh, outstanding ethics and morals and behavior that's what happens so your morals are outstanding and your intellect is supreme wahi makes a person much more intelligent than he already is that's the impact of wahi wahi doesn't make you stupid meaning in the muslim culture nowadays unfortunately 
uh, it has become such a, a curse that they see knowledge of wahi to be knowledge that relegates people's intellect. And says, what is he going to do if he learns the Quran and Hadith? And this is a culture which is uh, doomed for uh, suicidal maniacs. You're killing the community by saying that what is the benefit of learning wahi and revelation and so on. Here these ayat show us that wahi refines your intellect and allows you to be more intellectual with insight and foresight than any other person on the planet. That's one. The second is that you're spiritually clean. You don't have any filth around you. You're not interested in gains in this world. Your worldview is no, not secular. Your worldview is based on dhikr the remembrance of the akhirah, the other world, where and so on, that the akhir is better for you than the first, any of the second is better than the So the other world is better than this world. So these people who are visionaries, they envision people going to Jannah. That's their vision. So they inform people how to live in this world so they can reach Jannah. That requires purification. That requires that you give preference to the other world over this world. And that is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose these people, Ibrahim, Ishaq, and Yaqub, that if you want to live in Jannah, which is your goal and aim and purpose of this life, in this life, then you must adopt the methodologies and also the lifestyle of these people. They're mentioned here as role models. So the word wadhkur, make mention of or remember, means that you must use these people as role models for you. That is the point of mentioning them. It's not simply a historical fact that, by the, by the way, in Muslim history, we believe Ibrahim existed and we believe Ishaq is existed and we believe Yaqub existed. The purpose of mentioning them is to glorify their lives and to use their lives as role models and uh, paradigms for our lives here in this world. This is how Allah mentions the, um, the uh, great servants and savants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And indeed for them, with us. So with us, they have a truly high rank. Uh, they are the chosen, and they are the most elect. Mm. Chosen and further chosen. Al-Mustafa'in, al-Akhyad, both seem to mean something similar, although not totally synonymous. Akhyad okay? is from the word khair, and khair is all goodness, as you know. So they are the chosen, and they are the cream of the, the crop, meaning that in our eyes, in the meaning from where Allah is, uh, Allah sees these people as being the best. Not from the eyes of the world. The eyes of the world, first of all, they're, they're, they're blinded. At best, they're myopic, short-sighted. Uh, 
They can only see one, one eye. They can't see with both eyes. So from our eyes, Indana, from where we stand and where we sit, and where, where we are positioned, we see these people as being the best, the chosen and the best. So this mention is enough for anyone to say that Ishaq was a tremendous human being, and his father was tremendous, and his son was tremendous. Mm -hmm. So this is the genealogy that we have, that you have a son, a grandson who's a Nabi, and his father is a Nabi, and his father is a Nabi. And then his son is also a Nabi. Yaqub's son, Yusuf, is also a Nabi. And that is what the Prophet said. Karim ibn Karim, ibn Karim ibn Karim. Noble, the son of a noble, the son of a noble, the son of a noble. And this is the best genealogy that you will find in human history. That one after another, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala endowed this family with prophethood, nabuwa, enlightenment, nur, and internet, and su supreme ethics and morals. That's why Allah chose them. And that's why he's mentioning them here. So we must look into these ayat uh, with uh, an eye of inspiration and see if we can also do what they did. The other mentioning of Ibrahim and Yaqub are in other places in the Quran, as I've mentioned. وَاذْكُرْ إِسْمَعِيلَ وَالْيَسَعَ وَذَا الْكِفْلِ Remember also Ismail, who is the other son of Ibrahim. So Ibrahim has two branches. One came through Ishaq and the other came through Ismail. The grandchildren of uh, Ishaq are known as the Banu Israel. Uh, the Banu Israel. And the children of Ismail are known as the Banu Ismail. The, the children of Ismail are the, the, the Arab, and the children of Yaqub are the Banu Israel. And those are the two families uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses mostly in the Quran, especially in Medina. So the Quran's audience is composed of Banu Ismail and Banu. Israel. For those of you who are attending, inshallah, next week's lecture at MEC. It's a preview. So Ismail is there mentioned, and he's mentioned in the previous surah, as we discussed in the story of the Qurbani uh, and the Adhiyah and the sacrifice. He's also mentioned in Surah Maryam as being Sadiq al Wad, somebody who is very truthful in keeping his promises. Al-Yasa'a is not mentioned except uh, two places or three, two places in the Quran. One is here. He is Elisha. Elisha. Uh, and also the Al-Kifl is also not mentioned that frequently in the Quran. But here Allah makes mention of them in this surah which is about the dhikr, which is about remembrance because also they had tremendous insights and foresights and their behavior also is a role model. min al And they were from the best. Al-Akhyar, from the word khayr, the best. They were from the best of people and the best of mankind. So that you can now learn from these people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses people by purifying them. 
in order to be the best in the eyes of Allah, you must be purified. And the way you are purified is that you have ethics and morals, and you have purity in your life, lifestyle, and you have purity in your thought, and you have purity in your spirituality. This is how you become the best, meaning through the process of dhikr, you will become the best. Without dhikr, you cannot become the best. Hada dhikr. And this is a reminder. This Quran itself is a tremendous reminder for all people who listens to the Quran, who reads the Quran, who thinks about the Quran, that the ultimate goal and purpose of all the knowledge in the Quran is that people become people of dhikr. This is how you will see the people of Jannah. It is reported in Hadith that the people of Jannah will not regret anything except one. They will regret the time in which they did not make the dhikr of Allah. So what's the purpose of life? And what's the purpose of Islam? What's the purpose of the Quran? What's the purpose of learning the Quran? It is not simply intellectual debate. <laughs> the Quran has knowledge and uh, millions of intellectual insights, innumerable, infinite insights that are intellectual, metaphysical, and everything else. Now, to reduce all of the knowledge of the Quran to a secular mind and mindset and lifestyle, that is ridiculous. The Quran's language is a language of wahi. Wahi incorporates every phase of human life. So the Quran's language is not a legal language. That you can take out legalities from the Quran and say this is a legal issue. Yeah. The Quran's language is not a language that is biological. That wherever there's an ayah of Quran that talks about biology, then the Quran is giving you a biology lesson. The Quran's language is not scientific. The Quran's language is not the language of a poet. The Quran's language is the language of dhikr. Hada dhikr. Hada dhikr. That's why it's not poetry. Because poetry is not dhikr. You understand? Now, there is a hikmah in poetry, as the Prophet says. There's wisdom there. And you may gain some knowledge through poetry. And you may compose and you may go into a mood and mode of excellence in your ability to articulate and to be eloquent and express yourself, etc. But it is not the Quran. The Quran doesn't do that. Allah says, We have not taught him poetry, nor is it fitting for him to be that poet. So the, the, although this is literally brilliance, meaning the language of the Quran is brilliant, that in, in, in the, the language itself is inimitable, you, you can challenge anybody in the world to come up with expressions uh, that line up with the Quran and they will not be able to do so, even if all human beings and jinn got together, as the Quran says itself, you would not be able to replicate the Quran in its ability to express an idea or concept. That is a challenge for non-Muslims. That, that when they hear this, they know this is not a book of man. It's a book above man. And 
his book that is supra-rational, is above the intellect. And the reason for that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through his jud and karam and generosity, re revealed his word so that people may benefit from his word in this world so that they can enter Jannah and then listen to his word again when they meet him there. Hada dhikr. So the Quran is a remembrance, is a dhikr. Reciting the Quran is dhikr. Understanding the Quran is an intellectual exercise which is necessary to maintain ourselves in this world and to maintain the ummah and establish Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's law and regulation within the ummah. But it's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is dhikr. That you must use this as a, a, an ibadah, a means of drawing closer to Allah, that you know who is the one who reveals these words. So from the revelation, you must go to the person who revealed the revelation. That's the meaning of dhikr. And hence the next uh, statement is a logical conclusion of what I just said. If your goal is to reach Jannah through the Qur'an, then indeed for those who have taqwa, they will have a most excellent place to return. Husna ma'ab, a place of return. So what is our return? And where is our return? Our return is in Jannah. So if through the intellectual discussion of the Qur'an you reach Jannah, good. And if you reach Jannah through the recitation of Qur'an without understanding, that's just as good. And if you reach Jannah just by applying the rules of Islam without necessary understanding too much from the Qur'an, that's also good. Because it's the destination that is what is needed. If you're traveling on the road and you have this wonderful, mashallah, Rolls Royce, is lovely and beautiful and fantastic, but you don't start the darn car. You don't start it. So what's the point of a Rolls Royce? The Rolls Royce is supposed to get you to your destination in a luxurious way, hopefully. But if you don't start it, you're not going anywhere. So you have the Quran as a luxurious car, but nobody wants to start it. They'll sit there and discuss it, what's inside, beautiful, you know, all the gadgets, all the wood, all the leather seats, and everything else, inside and outside, and they'll even polish it and make sure it's uh, crisp and clean and pristine and all that. But they won't get into the car and start the ignition. That's Islam for you. Right? That's the Ummah for you. The Ummah has the Quran. It loves to discuss what's in the Qur'an. Have fancy lectures and seminars and workshops and uh, great ideas and ideals and write books and all of that. But nobody's willing to start the, Qur the Qur'an and let's ride in it. <laughs> the purpose of the husna ma'ab, the ending, where we're going, the destination is the purpose. So if the purpose is met through this way or this way, it doesn't matter where you go whether you go five miles an hour or 100 miles an hour. If you get to your destination, then you have accepted the Qur'an. And if you don't get to your destination, you have not accepted. So now, indeed, there is a role 
for intellectual academic discussions of the Quran. That's what we do here. Dar Qasim is all about that. But Dar Qasim is not there simply because we want people to intellectualize. We want people to use what knowledge they gain and, inshallah, end up in Jannah, hopefully. That's the ultimate goal. And that is why these ayat are supreme once you sit down and think about them the way they're supposed to be thought. Every word is attached to the word before it, and that's called the nadam uh, of the Qur'an. So, hadha dhikr is one statement. Is another statement, and they go, get, they go together. You must be able to link one with the other. So the word dhikr is what leads you to Jannah. That's the purpose of this revelation. This revelation in, in encompasses every phase of human existence. Before the mother's womb, inside the mother's womb, outside the mother's womb, in the grave, outside the grave, in the mahshar, and then Jannah also. Every phase of human existence is mentioned in the dhikr. So human beings must realize where they are in their continuum of life. If they're here in this world, then they know they're moving to another world in which and from which they will move to another world until they reach their ma'ab. So the husna ma'ab, the best of uh, resorts and the best of destinations is Jannah. So Allah says, what is the best of destinations? Jannatin or Jannati Adnin, the gardens of Adn, everlasting gardens. So when you reach your destination, Jannah, you'll see that Jannah is all gardens, it's all greenery, there's nothing except life. Gardens referring to life. There's so much life there and so much freshness there in Jannah. And in Jannah, all the gates will be opened for them. All the gates of Jannah will be opened for the people who are uh, residents of Jannah. So Allah SWT is saying that you will want to live there forever, Jannah Adn. The best place where you want to live eventually is a place where you don't want to move from. In this world, we want to move uh, some more than others. Uh, we don't like staying in the same house for more than five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. Uh, even after twenty years living in a house, uh, let's have another house. Uh, right. Uh, so I mean, life in this world is tedious and is monotonous and is boring. Allah says the first thing about Jannah is Adan. Everlast, you will not want to move from Jannah. You won't want to change your address. Uh, you won't need another zip code. You want to stay where you are. That's where you belong. Because there will be so much activity you can do in those gardens. You will be so thrilled with where you are and how you are, that they are adan. You must understand the term there, Allah is, is phrasing this as a mudaf mudaf if you know the grammar. And say, this is a place where you will want to live forever. You will not want to move from here. So now you can't even imagine such a place. 
it is beyond imagination that you want to stay in one place forever. So first of all, it's huge, humongous. Number one, number two, it is so exciting. Unfortunately, some idiots uh, assume that Jannah is boring. What you can do with all these gardens and fruits and all of that? That's because you don't have a brain. You lack imagination. If you had any imagination, you would know that there are so many things you can do when you're in a very safe place. The point is, unfortunately, modern man needs gadgets to live and exist. In the olden days, he didn't need gadgets to live. You exist, it's fine, you're happy, without any gadgets. <laughs> People a hundred years ago were fine. They lived long lives and they were healthy lives and they were okay. I'm sure some of them were happy. Nowadays you have all these gadgets. Your world is regulated by gadgets, unfortunately. You can't live without gadgets. Oh, the gates of Jannah will then be opened up. Once you're in Jannah, then you're a resident of Jannah then that's your permanent address. So you'll have access to all the other uh, now sites in Jannah that although you will have a station and a place of residence in Jannah, but you will be able to visit other parts of Jannah. Huge, huge kingdoms, as the Prophet said. The person who will be the last one to enter Jannah will receive a world which is ten times the size of this world. Imagine ten times the size of this world. SubhanAllah. So what's he going to do with all that space and real estate? Right. I mean, the person who receives the least in Jannah will have at least ten times what this world can offer. Ten times the size, ten times the space, ten times the creativity, and ten times the, uh, what do you call it, enjoyment and pleasure and everything else. So that is what is meant here. Muttaki'ina fiha. So they'll be reclining there. They'll be in luxury and they'll be in a state of not just rest but pleasure. Muttaki'in is, a, what do you call it, a, a language of the body that shows that you're in luxury and you're in pleasure. They'll be resting against the sofas and the couches and so on. So they'll have these uh, you know, wonderful pieces of furniture upon which they will just be you know, reclining and relaxing and all of that. In, the, in that place, in, in the gardens, uh, they, they will be calling uh, for different types of many fruits. Many different types of fruit and many fruits in general will be there so that you can consume and eat and be merry and be happy. Each fruit, each bite of each fruit will taste different. And the second bite will be much easy, much sweeter than the previous bite and so on. So it will be a continuous uh, place of pleasure and enjoyment. And obviously this is beyond our imagination, although the Quran depicts it with words we cannot fathom the words because it's not something that our immediate mind and intellect can fathom. We do have a recollection which is very, very slight because of Adam's uh, pre-existence in Jannah. So through Adam we're able to maybe perhaps uh, find some uh, familiarity 
that's why the words Allah uses are familiar words. Otherwise, our minds are not able to perceive the enjoyment and the pleasure that comes from eating the fruits of Jannah. And also drink. Plenty of things to drink from as the ayat of the Quran speak. There will be uh, rivers flowing with honey, rivers flowing with milk, rivers flowing with uh, pure water, pristine water, and rivers flowing with uh, wine, which is not intoxicating, and so on. So there will be different types of uh, uh, drinks that will be available to us there, um, inshallah. وَعِنْدَهُمْ قَاصِرَاتِ الطَّرْفِ and with them uh, there will be these maidens who, who will now be restrained in their seeing, in their eyesight. Um, and atarab of equal age. Yeah. So meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give people different types of pleasures and different uh, uh, levels of pleasure. There are pleasures from the outside and pleasures in the inside of their homes. Also, so this inside the homes, where if Allah subhanahu inshallah, if Allah gives us these uh, uh, maidens, they will not be flirtatious. They will not look at another person. They will be restricted to their husbands. Uh, yeah, this is the meaning of this. Uh, meaning that uh, the idea, an ideal, is that uh, people in this world should also be happy and satisfied with whatever Allah has given. And that's the ideal, not flirt and not look at what everybody else in the world has and assume that the grass is greener on the other side, because it never is. Qasirat al tarf is a description of the women of Jannah, that this is how they will be, and this is how they should be in this world, if you're going to get there. In that world, atrab of equal age, maybe, or maybe there's no age there, meaning that they will be compatible. Okay. The gist of the meaning there is that they will be exceptionally compatible. There will be no fights, no arguments, no bickering, etc. They will have a very uh, wonderful life, compatible life together as they live in Jannah. Allah then says, this is what you have been promised for the day of Hisab and reckoning and Jannah and uh, Hisab, sorry, accountability. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that if you follow the role model of the prophets we just mentioned, these prophets whom we mentioned, uh, Dawood and Sulaiman, Ayyub, and these three, <coughs> Ibrahim, Ishaq, and Yaqub, and then Ismail, and Yasa, and Tukif. If you follow these with the eye of dhikr and remembrance, and you want to be where they will be, then this is what is promised to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making you a promise that you will live this way. But the trade-off, obviously, is that you give preference to the other world over this world. Indeed, this is our risk. Allah will say and announce to the people of Jannah that this is our risk, this is what we are 
going to give you for your consumption. Because rizq is what is consumed. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you rizq and say this is our rizq. And when Allah says this is our rizq, then the natural conclusion is malahu min nafad. It has no end. It will never disappear. It will not be exhausted. Allah's resources are eternal. When Allah gives in the place where there is eternity, He will give eternally. When He gives in a place that is limited, restricted, He will give in a limited and restricted way. This dunya is limited and restricted. So in this world, you can't have everything because the place and the space doesn't support that. If you say, I want everything in this world, then you're not going to get that. No matter how much money you have. You can be a billionaire or a trillionaire. You're going to have problems because that's life. So Allah gives according to the place and the space. So if the place and space is limited, then he will give limited. That's just the rule that he uh, abides by. He doesn't give anybody everything in this world except that it is limited and restricted. Otherwise, people will die. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't ask a, bo a newborn baby to start eating biryani. <laughs> you kill the baby Right? You know, I want my child to have the greatest luxuries in life. So you stuff biryani down the throat, and then he's dead. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum. Allah will feed the baby biryani. You won't be able to. So you, you can't have unlimited fadl in a limited space. You can have unlimited fadl in an unlimited space. So Jannah is eternal. So you can have unlimited resources for unlimited time in Jannah. And that is what Malahu min nafad. There's no ending to the risk of Allah in Jannah. When Allah gives in Jannah, it is for eternity. And he has no what do you call it restriction in his fadl and he has no restriction in his abilities to give. He will create constantly, continuously, perpetually in Jannah. And that is why Jannah is Jannah. Because as I said, every taste of a fruit will be different from the previous taste. That is the risk of Jannah and the people of Jannah. Where is that? That is because the place you're living in supports that. But the place you're living here doesn't support that. So you'll have a good life for a few decades here. And then you get old. And then you can't eat anymore. Right. So yeah, as I said, you can be a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire, who cares? This world is limited. You can't have everything you want in this world. That's why the idea of akhirah, it is needed for human beings so that they don't end up uh, on opioids and drugs and alcohol and they don't kill themselves through depression and violence and anger because you're looking to another world. If you remove the akhirah from the equation of human existence, then you get what you get. 
which is what happens in this country and every other country, I would assume, in the world. Maybe not so much as here. But the problems of this world is magnified if you don't uh, allow human beings to appreciate that there's another world. I'm living here so that I can live in another world. You remove that, then your world is confined to this limited space and time. And that is what angers and frustrates and depresses people because they don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. So the Akhirah is the most important component in a Muslim's world view, which is ironic because it's outside of the world view. The Muslim's world view is pinned upon another world, which is the other world. And this is the meaning of this ayah. That our risk has no ending. So Allah gives so much in this world as Allah subhanahu wa created the heavens and the earth and said about the earth, Wabarakafiha. Allah gave barakah in the earth. So the earth is yielding so much from the time before Adam came until now and until the day of judgment. There will be just so much that the earth yields. Okay? It's almost perpetual, almost unlimiting, unlimited, and unri- uh, almost unrestricted land. Every year and every six months, the earth gives and gives and gives. And you just consume and consume and consume. This is the barakah Allah placed in the earth. Now imagine if you take this earth or you take another place which is not restricted by time and space, then you can imagine the sensual pleasure and the luxury and the sophistication of that world where it is perpetual and is also eternal. So we must appreciate the dhikr of the Quran. The Quran is saying that if you work for the other world, uh, first of all you have to be patient. Dhikr doesn't come without patience. So you have to be patient uh, in such a way that you know you're going to another world in that world. Then you can expect whatever Allah gives you perpetually and uh, eternally. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's on this ummah through the Quran and through the Prophet That This ummah was able to live in this world with the view that they have another world in which they live. And people who did this in the past uh, were very successful in the dunya also. Working for the akhirah does not preclude you from working for this world. And in this world, it makes you a much better person because you have a broader perspective and you have a broader platform of operation. And you will do things so that uh, you will be better equipped uh, to go into a place where There is no filth and no pollution, and there is no impurity. May Allah subhanahu allow us to benefit from the Quran, inshallah, the way we should benefit. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayr khalqi Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya akhmar rahimin.